Hello and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast that is rapidly burning through all this OGL stuff before that becomes actionable or whatever. Today, it's D20 Star Wars role-playing game Revised Core Rulebook, the most excitingly named Star Wars RPG ever! And that means it's time for some good old-fashioned lightsaber talking and what have you. I've got a bad feeling about System Mastery. Hey everybody, welcome back to System Mastery. It's the podcast where we discuss old Star Wars role-playing games. And that's it. That's that, all we do. That's all. We do other stuff too, but that's the core. We've done them three we've done three of them already. Actually, this is the third one. There's only one more out there right now, and it's hard to find. So, you know, one of these days if I can find a copy of Saga Edition. I mean, that's the one that whenever Star Wars RPGs comes up, people are always like, dude, Saga Edition. I fucking love it was so good. And I'm yeah. like, really? Because I've looked at every other Star Wars RPG, and all of them have left me going, Bleh. Yeah, if you're in your th- like early 30s, you're like, yeah, fucking Star- Saga Edition, man. And if you're any older, you're like, West End Games Edition, man. The first one. Oh, shit, so good. And then I'll be like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and then if you're me, I'm like, no, all no. RPGs are bad. Here's the thing. <laughs> after <laughs> after 10 years, I've learned RPGs are bad, and you shouldn't play them. Don't do Guys, them. Yeah. From now Guys, it's on time this- to pivot. From now on, this podcast is about something that's great. If you're over 40, like the two of us, World War II movies and documentaries. (laughs) Guys, it's time for us to pivot this podcast. We're going to talk to you about all of our favorite Easy Boy chairs. From now on, this podcast is about sodas they don't make anymore and how mad we are they don't make them anymore. Today's episode, DNL. It's fine. We're not that mad. We're not that mad. Not as mad as I am about various flavors of jones soda oh man remember when jones soda was like a thing that mattered like they still exist you can still find them at a target or whatever but it's always just like five flavors that left they they just died yeah man like what happened to when they used to make they, like, dirt I mean, they were california based yeah is the thing so that's that's much more of a regional thing for us oh is it i did not know that i thought they were relatively famous because of those dumb flavor packs that they would do for holidays and super i mean yes that's why they're known to anyone that isn't in california but we had it where you could go to like you go to some pizza place and they would have a bunch of flavors of it in bottles available i remember they had it at my college a lot there was like a big ice bucket full of them at all times and i remember thinking the blue flavor looked good i was like ooh, blue refreshing and then it was like cotton candy or some ass bullshit I mean, I think the blue one is, I don't know if they've, I mean, I assume they've had multiple, but I think the blue one currently is like cream soda. That Yeah, that is currently correct, yes. Yeah, but I mean, did you ever try any of the bullshit flavor packs for the holidays? No, I always wanted some and never got my hands on them. My old buddy Duncan and I would, would routinely get them if we could at a candy store that was near the college we were going to. And uh, I so I ended up trying a lot of those nasty flavors that they did for the Thanksgiving packs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have tried like, I don't know, green bean casserole, buttered corn, uh, salmon pate, and, and uh, all of them taste surprisingly like that thing. But then they just become uplifted because carbonation just makes everything kind of sour. Yeah. So it's just like, ah, oh, that tastes like green beans. Oh, now it's nice and sour. I don't care anymore. It's <laughs> fine. 
Now it's now it's just dancing on my tongue. Yeah, the worst one by far, and I'm sorry for this regional soda dissemination discussion instead of Star Wars, but believe me, you're not missing anything. Uh, it, it was the Super Bowl pack because it had AstroTurf and dirt as some of the flavors. In it. I think sweat was one of them. Hell yeah, brother! Oh, it was just awful. But pig skin, yeah, AstroTurf, mm-hmm. sweat, and then one other thing. I don't know, glory. <laughs> yeah, because they always have to put one in there with, that's good. Yeah, one who's. One that was good. So it'd be like, and lemon. You know, football players love lemon. <laughs> and Gatorade. We just put a Gatorade in here. <laughs> the best one was the Halloween one because they didn't even try to put any gross flavors. which is like four candy flavors. It was fine. It was A-OK. Anyway, you want to talk about Star Wars? Let's talk about, let's start with how this book uh, has an interesting author history because one of the lead authors on it is Bill Slavishek, which means, uh, apologies, I'm not that great at, at uh, Polish name pronunciation. So hopefully I got that right. Bill Slavishek, uh, who wrote a lot of the West End game stuff. Yeah, now, so, we've second, reviewed the West End game stuff. Once, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, and uh, for some reason you were saying before, you're like, oh, I figured this would have been better. And I'm like, yeah, but I've read West End game stuff. <laughs> I was not expecting this to be better. Well, it's like so many years later. I'm trying, I'm trying to write now to figure out when this came out specifically. It looks like 2002. So yeah, that the the, uh, the West End game stuff started in the like, late 80s. They had a lot of chances to improve. Yeah, but why would you? I know, I know. They were, they were, those games were popular and did well, so they probably didn't think they really needed to improve. Now, that doesn't mean that this is straight up a rehash of our old complaints about West End Game Star Wars. No, because this is OGL, it's, so it's a rehash of all of our complaints about OGL. Well, okay, when we do an OGL game, we usually try our best to try to find a method of attack. Something other than just to say, OGL is stupid and, they sh- and no one should have done this. Because, like, so many people, you, you, there's so many games that have OGL or SRD stuff worked into their DNA that you just don't even know. Like, fucking, like, Fate does. Well, it's it's the difference between we are just going to shortcut our way into terminology and not worry about it. That is which true. Which is what you get for a lot of things like the video games or Fate or whatever that use OGL stuff. Yeah. And then the shovelware, which is just... We decided to slap some new names and mm. barely try Here's to make a, some crap and shove it out the door. A list of a hundred elf weapons. Great. Here it is. Yeah, that kind of thing. So this is uh, usually what we rate OGL games on is how much they tried to deviate from the OGL, how many new things they added, and how well they represent the material they're trying to. In this case, obviously, does this make a good Star Wars role-playing game? Can you play Star Wars with this? Uh, and this one, like I said, it's 2002. Uh, and that means that it is pre pre or post prequels. So it, it, it comes with three ages in which it would, you, you thinks you might like to play because one thing about Slavishek and West end, they did like the expanded universe material. Yeah. So interestingly, as opposed to some of the other star Wars RPGs that came out, this one didn't just go, Oh, it's just movies. That's the only canon we're worried about. This one very much is like, no, man, we are pulling from everything. This this book has references to, like, the first books that came out all mm-hmm. the way to the latest shit that was out. Yeah, so the three eras in which you can play are prequel era, where I believe it's immediately after episode one they want you to play in, during that long period where Anakin was growing up into a teenager. Uh, and then you can also play in the era of the uh, of the original Rebellion. I think that one you can just play at any point along it. Yeah, so they, they list it as the rise of the Empire is 50 years before up to the start of Episode 4. Yes. 
uh, then Rebellion is essentially just the original trilogy timeline, like yes. five years. And then they time jump ahead another 20 years after Return of the Jedi so that you can play through the Yuzhan Vong crisis. Yeah, they jump immediately to New Jedi Order yeah. because this book is very concerned with when would you be able to play a Jedi yes. and how would it make sense? Yeah, because one thing you'll find about this book is that it tries really hard to stick to kind of provenance. So if you want to play a Jedi Knight, for example, they're like, hey, get your you're not gonna you can't play that starting. You can't play a starting Jedi Knight during the rebellion. You can't do it. Yeah, because they're like, oh, Luke Skywalker had to take one uh like level infringer yeah and then he met obi-wan and could start taking jedi levels yeah they also mentioned that vader had to do that that vader was a fringer when he started because you because i guess they gave anakin class levels i would have been like fuck it you know little annie has levels in kid <laughs> yeah i'm like my dude's nine he doesn't have levels in anything you don't need to give him levels but they list him as an example of a fringer they only list three fringer examples the i, I would say of the things that made me mad in this book the listed examples of of uh People who represent that class are the worst. It made me angry a lot. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so they, they there's three areas you can play in, mostly so that you can have more chances to play as consulars and knights and use the prestige classes that are Jedi related. And boy, howdy, do you want to if you can, because they fucked up real bad and only Jedi are any good. <laughs> but also they fucked up real bad and... The multi-ability dependency is the worst for them oh. than it has been for any class ever. Also true, yes. It yeah. is. It's an interesting thing where the game has taken away spells entirely. So yeah. there are, the entire concept of spells are gone. Mm -hmm. So you don't have that entire part of D&D. &D. That's out. Instead, they're just like, no, everything is a skill yeah. or a feat. Yeah. If you want to do something, you either have a skill to do it or a feat. This includes Jedi powers are either skills or feats. And, and it's a weird mix of which ones are skills and which ones are feats. It's so weird to be like, all right, here's all these skills, and these let you do various Jedi things. And then there are Jedi feats, and some make you better at the Jedi skills, and some are just a new thing you can do. Yeah, like, why aren't those skills? It's because they didn't want to have to give every Jedi a gigantic skill list. But why aren't they feats? Because they didn't want to have to give every Jedi a gigantic feat list. Why didn't you just make them spells? Uh, I don't know. We cut that. Because there aren't spells. No one casts spells. There's no wizards here. <laughs> Definitely just no Jedi. sorcerers. Certainly not of Tund or anything. <laughs> Although, Roker Gepta does get a name drop. Hell yeah, he's More one of the once. listed Force Adepts. Yeah, well, because Force Adept is supposed to be like the person who learns to be a force user without knowing what Jedi or Sith are. Yeah, it's the it's either a wild talent or an alternate jet or force tradition. Yeah. And they mentioned three of them. One of them being the sorcerers of ton, then also the witches of Dathomir and the Gen Sarai, which amazingly we've talked about all three of those already in, in uh expounded universe. Yeah. Hey, if you only listen to this show, check out expounded universe. If you like star Wars, I'm, boy, we've talked about a lot of star Wars. I was surprised that given that Keldor is one of the playable species in this, that's the Plo Koon species. If you're wondering yeah, that we didn't get a mention of Baran Doe as well as one of the, uh, the force adept traditions. But hey, I guess it just wasn't as well. Maybe it, it's after 2002. Who knows? That might be, because Baran Doe does have to come out after Keldor come out, and 2002 is like they just got through the prequels. Ah. So maybe that's why. Anyway, you know the drill for OGL stuff. Strength, dex, intelligence, wisdom, charisma, intelligence, wisdom. Wisdom, intelligence, wisdom, strength, strength, intelligence, wisdom, strength, wisdom, strength. Strengthiness, <laughs> Yeah, you get your base six. Uh, the game 18. suggests that when you are getting your stats, 
you should do 46 drop lowest for mm -hmm. your stats, roll it six times, and then assign it as you want to whatever stat. Yes. Uh, it does offer the either array or the point by, mm -hmm. but it suggests you do 46. Yes, and, and uh, largely that's because, as John mentioned earlier, the multi-ability dependency for Jedis requires you to really hit the fucking jackpot to the point where in the... You know how in, in third edition games, it'd always be like, statistics you might need is one of the paragraphs of entry under a class. It, for Jedi Guardian or Knight or whatever they're called, it just says, all of them, and all is capitalized. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, here's the thing. You're going to need strength, because that's how you're going to deal damage, and dexterity is how you're not going to die, and con is how you're not going to die, because you're a melee fighter guy. Yeah. Anyway... All of the Jedi powers work off of your mental stats, and not a single one of them, all three of the mental stats. Yes. So you gotta have everything. And none of your physical stats. So if you're wondering, like, well, how do I run real fast? Which would feel like it's a force dexterity ability. No, it's a feat. It's not a skill, it's a feat. Ugh. So there you go. You don't need a dex bonus for it or anything, you just take it as a feat. All you have to do is have your force present or user feat. Yeah, I think there are, in the total list of force-based skills... Three of them use constitution, and the rest are int, wiz, or charisma. Yes. Yeah. So uh, after you get your six stats, you, you get the same bonuses and, o and so on from every OGL game. If you're force-sensitive, you get a number of force points you can use to do all kinds of cool force abilities that would let that grant you all kinds of rerolls and Well, everyone bonuses. gets force points. Everyone gets one. Everyone gets a... Yeah. And that's same for Jedi. Yes. and You I get think, one per level. That's right. And I think they max out at five? Yeah. If you aren't a Jedi, that's the big thing is yeah. you max at five. If you are a Force user, you, can get, level or you can get above five yeah. held, but Force points are essentially a reroll. Yeah. You only get one every time you level up or when you do a heroic feat. It should have just been one, one or the other, not this heroic feat shit. Now you got people safe scumming for it. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's you get one baseline per level. Yeah. Even if you're being like, oh, I'm playing a bad guy. Well, at least I'll get one per level. Yeah. I didn't even think about the bad guy thing. I just felt, to me, that's one of those older design, the D&D the, uh, older design flaws is whenever you have like, how do you earn XP? Well, you get 50 for killing a monster and 100 for doing a backflip and so on. But also, if you perform a deed that impresses the DM... They'll grant you one, maybe, and I'm like, damn it, that means it's going to be a constant play of arguing with the DM or wondering if the DM noticed that you just did something rad. Oh, I mean, the problem is, the list is you have to do a heroic feat of heroism, Yeah. so it's going to be like, hey, I I blew up a Death Star, can I have a force point? They'll go, yeah, sure. Oops, I forgot to give you one, sorry, maybe when you gain a level. Um, you also, this game does split hit points into two types. Yeah, this one takes a stance on the old uh, HP argument of what do hit points actually stand for, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's, you know, your actual meat and every time you lose hit points, you're just taking damage to yeah. your body, or does this represent fatigue and when you lose hit points, it's just you getting weary? Well, this has both. Yes. You have vitality, which is the exact same amount of hit points as you would have in a normal game, mm -hmm. is what your vitality is, but that is just essentially how combat-ready you are. Yes, and it also becomes a point value you can spend to activate certain abilities, primarily force stuff. Yeah, it's all force power stuff. Yes. Then you have wounds, and wounds are your actual, you know, damage to your corpus, and you get a number of wounds equal to whatever your con score is. Mm -hmm. So it ends up being that 
as a low-level character, like as a first-level character, if you've got, say, a 14 con, then you've got, like, more than double the hit points you would normally have had as a first-level character yeah. in a D&D game. But if you manage to get down into those wound points, then you have to make fortitude saves to not just pass out, and you become fatigued, which is... You can't run or charge, and you get a minus two to strength and dex. Also, if someone crits you with any attack ever, it just does wound damage and skips your vitality entirely. Yeah, w crits are no longer the double your damage. Now it's just straight to hit points. Yeah. But for enemies, there are a lot that don't have vitality. They just have hit points. Mm -hmm. So if you crit them, instead of it being, oh, this is worthless, it just auto drops them to zero. Yeah, that's nice. That's almost a mook rule, except that it's keyed off crits that's so you know it's weird it makes crit fishing uh, exceptionally good because yeah. even like high end like oh i'm fighting like a level 12 yujan vong warrior guy mm -hmm. like yeah but everyone's wounds are at max gonna be like maybe 18 or 20 if they super invested in yeah, it and wait till you hear what damage rolls are in this game <laughs> a lot yeah <laughs> So you this get... is fucking rocket tag in a way that I feel like does not belong in a cinematic system. No. And the fact that, of course, they got rid of spells means they got rid of healing and they replaced it with nothing. I mean, there's a couple of little Jedi healing tricks here and there, but they are they barely count. Oh, yeah. At most often your Jedi, if they have heal another is like, ooh, I'm going to heal you for like a D6 plus four vitality. Anyway, it cost me three vitality just to do that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck, this is bad. And why not just make characters heal fast? Remember that time that Han Solo took a blaster to the shoulder and was up and walking around like three minutes later in Star Wars? Just do that. No. Your characters are supposed to be cinematic big damn heroes, but I guess 2002, they weren't ready for that yet. I don't know. When did the first Feng Shui game, game come out? Oh, before this. Learn. <laughs> the... I mean, the problem is it's an OGL game. I there know. is no way to do that unless you're just, really deviating. Yeah, you got to deviate. You just got to be like, hey, you know, uh, by the time your next scene starts, you gain half your health, your hit points back. Done. Yeah. It'd be that easy because it's fuck. You're playing Star Wars, guys. And yeah, you're, it's supposed to be that everyone they shoot at evaporates into a puff of smoke immediately because Stormtrooper armor is apparently worthless in the in the actual uh, Star Wars movies. But if you get shot, you're supposed to be like, ow. Oh, hey, ooh, ouch. Worst case scenario, you lose a hand and they attach a robot one three scenes later. Uh, so once you roll up your stats, you'll get your species and they put like a good dozen species in here. Yeah, there's a pretty good list. Uh, I, there's a couple I felt like I expected to see but didn't, but they did a pretty good job. Uh, you, the, uh, the big ones you get are, well, I mean, we just go down the list of them. Yeah, I mean, you get... Humans, obviously, are still fucking amazing, and uh, they are just the standard human. You get extra skill points, you get some extra, you get an extra feat. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, the Zabrak is the only other one you can get in the list that doesn't have an ability adjustment. Yes. Which is a big thing if you're trying to play one of those Jedis, because as soon as you're like, oh, I'm going to be a guy that's an alien... Anyway, I'm going to get a plus two dex and then a minus two to my wisdom and charisma. Oh, God damn it. I needed those. Yeah, it definitely still suffers from that weird thing where they overvalue some of the worst stats to be like, oh, you want plus 
You want plus two strength, huh? Get ready to eat like three penalties, you fucking cheater. Except it's, like- it's weird because the Gamorian, so you could be the pig guy for plus two strength, you get minus two dex and intelligence. Yeah. All right? But if you're a Trandoshan and you want to be a lizard guy, you get plus two strength and just minus two dex. Mm-hmm. You don't lose the two intelligence, and Gamorians are also primitive, which means they can't start with, like, modern weaponry proficiency. And they can learn to understand any language, but they can only speak g- Gamorese or whatever it's called. Yeah, they don't speak basic to start. They're yeah. one of the they two that can't. They never can. It specifically says in their rules that their mouths don't work right for them to learn to speak any other language but Gamorian. Ugh. So that's uh, that's fun. I guess they were just like, let's put these pig guys in there because people kind of like them and they're the, you know, their axes and the loincloths and what have you. But let's make them fucking suck. Let's do like what the uh, complete book of humanoids did in second edition. Oh, yeah, because you I mean, you look at Trandoshans and you're like, all right, so I don't lose the intelligence. So I'm just already up two stat points. Yeah, Uh, I get a plus one natural bonus to my armor class or defense as it is in this game. Mm -hmm. I get dark vision. I can speak and read and write both Dosh and basic. And then you go to the Gamorrean and you're like, oh, well, what do you get to make up for the fact that you have all this? A plus two to fort saves, baby. (laughs) Oh, and you start with power attack, I guess. You do start with power attack. And I I think you get the primitive weapon set, which is shared with like Ewoks. Yeah, but that's a penalty because it's whatever uh, groups of weapon proficiencies you would start with. You don't. Instead, you just have primitive and simple weapons. Yeah. So if you were like, I took soldiers so that I'm a first-level soldier. I have blasters and blaster rifles and all of these weapon proficiencies. No, you don't. You have simple and you have basic. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Uh, Bothans, you can play as them. It makes a big deal about how they are fully capable of communicating with Ripley fur and then doesn't give them any ability that has anything to do with that. Meh. Uh, you got Syrians, which you remember as Kiati Mundi, the big, the big head guys. Yeah, you got dickheads. You got Duros, the, the, the ones who invented hyperspace travel. You got Ewoks just for fun. Hell yeah. They're great though. They're fucking amazing. They make great Jedi. I mean, <laughs> they're a plus two dexterity and only minus two strength, which if you manage to go like, all right, fuck it, I'll just get weapon finesse and not worry about strength. Mm-hmm. It is the only stat that you can buy out of as a Jedi. Yeah. You got Gungans, which they clearly ju- judged by Jar Jar. Yes. Where they were just like, these guys are gangly, stupid doofuses that fall over all the time and are idiots. And I'm like, dude, even the movie that introduces them tells us that, no, Jar Jar is that. <laughs> yeah. He is a <laughs> dumb version of them. <laughs> we made one stupid for fun. <laughs> the only thing they really get right is mentioning the difference between, I think it's Ankarn and Otolan Gungans. Mm. But other than that, they're like, yeah, they get a bonus to constitution because they have a cartoonish ability to survive all kinds of hijinks and they get a minus two to wisdom because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that isn't right. That's Jar Jar. Huh? You get Ithorians, the big slughead guys. Yeah, they shoot their dicks off and they flop around flop in the around the sand. That's the Momonade on <laughs> promise, baby. Uh, go listen to Expounded Universe. <laughs> it's, it's really great. early one. That's from Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina. Uh, you got Keldor, the Plo Koon species. They're rad. Yeah, they look fucking weird as hell. Yeah, they look like messed up brain clouds. And they're, you know, I judge everyone off of, could I play a Jedi in this? And you can do Keldor Jedis. Of course, because that's the only Keldor anyone's ever heard of. Yeah. Moncals, Quarren. I'm only going to stop if they're interesting. Quarren are the squid guys you see briefly in, like, Jedi or the Cantina. Uh, they're like the evil Moncal. Right? The good Moncal are the fish guys who live near the surface. The Quarren are the evil fish guys oh. who live near the bottom. Yeah, and you can tell they're evil because they are more 
you know, tentacly. Yes. <laughs> more tentacles equals more evil. Yep. Rodians, or at least more sexy. Rodians, Sullistans, Trandoshans, Twi'leks. I do got to mention, just for the Rodians, because they're like, oh, Rodians, we've only ever seen one of those, yeah. right? That means all of them are better at tracking things, because yeah. they're all bounty hunters. They are natural bounty hunters who love to bounty hunt, and they're bad at bounty hunting, but they all love to do it all the time. Because <laughs> and all they're, they're all related to Greedo. Everyone's a Greedo. Well, I guess at that point you would see two, unless that little kid that's supposed to be helping Anakin get in and out of his pod racer is supposed to be Greedo. Meh. Uh, Wookiees, and finally Zabrak, and I don't even know how they knew about the light brown Zabrak at this point in the canon, but they don't even mention the Darth Maul style, just like the light brown friendly ones. I will say, Wookiees, uh, a very interesting choice, because of the classes, you no longer have, uh, barbarians in here, Yeah, but Wookiees get barbarian rage as just a racial thing. Yeah, you can also purchase rage if you're a Jedi. If you just want to rage out. Yeah, and, if you want to be a dark side Jedi. Yeah. But this leads to one of my favorite things. But please, what, what did you like about the rage? Well, I was just saying, if you wanted to have that, it is in here. And it is, uh, you know, if you were like, I want to be a melee guy, mm -hmm. you may as well be a Wookiee because you're going to get a plus four to strength baseline. And then you get another plus four for raging. You get some more vitality. So maybe you won't die. Yeah, they're great. They're a really good species to play as. I do find it hilarious that when you look up that Jedi Rage feat ability you can take where you automatically get dark side points for doing it, basically you enter into a Fuhrer and you start swinging around all crazy near you, and just like a Barbarian Rage would do. It says, like, this is super evil to do this, so you get a dark side point. The Force, however, respects the cultural and species traditions of the Wookiees, and so they don't get a, a dark side point when they rage out. And I'm oh, like, yeah. How does the Force fucking know? If you're a Wookiee Jedi... And you're like, oh, I just freak out and beat the hell out of some dude with my plus eight strength. They're like, cool, man. Cool. That's part of your culture. And I'm not racist. But if you're you're like, I'm a human and I rage out. They're like, ooh, appropriation. <laughs> I'm like, that is a little too much personification for the force for me to be like, oh, it's cool. He's a Wookiee. That rage is a different rage. I mean, let's just go ahead and face it. The. Shit that gets you dark side points in this as well is kind of stupid because anything that's damaging as a skill is dark side. So if you're like, ooh, I could do force lightning. Okay, well, that's dark side. Yeah. I could do a force choke. That's dark side. If I force push someone, baby, that's dark side. Which is weird because that's not supposed to be. I mean, I get it. It's supposed to be you can only force push like droids. You can take yeah, them you're apart. You're like, oh, you can push objects around or you can push droids. But as soon as you shove a guy, dark side. Yeah, the whole droid dichotomy thing always makes me real wary of the fucking force. Anytime they're like, ah, you can use this on droids. I'm like, they're sentient and they have feelings and get married and shit. You can't do that. Nah, force doesn't care. Force don't, they don't count. Not force. <laughs> Not for the force. But there is an exception. The the Jedi whirlwind ability, if you want to create... It's it's the thing, you, if you play the MMOs, you know that if you play as the one that can make, like, you can for shoot force lightning, there's a light side version that can instead just shoot a bunch of little rocks and shit at you. Yeah, so if you take, and this isn't a skill, it is instead in the feet tree, if you take a feat that's like, I get force whirlwind, what's this? I do slightly less damage than a force push, because a force push would do 3d6, this does 3d4, mm -hmm. but I can smack the shit out of a dude with a bunch of pebbles not dark side, not good but guy. if I shove a guy on his ass, evil as fuck. That said, that's not really something that we need to get into because that's just been true for forever. That's been true since like the the original OGL uh, licensed using RPGs in, uh, on the uh, PlayStation. Eh. 
it's it's always been that way. No, force push should never be evil. No. Going like I shoot a wave of telekinesis and a guy flies back. That's standard Jedi shit. It's not that much more evil than, for example, bisecting them neatly with a lightsaber. Yeah. So <laughs> if I if I push a guy down on his fat dumper, I'm evil. However, if I slice him crotch to neck, fine. Good day, as sir. As long as he has a blaster in his hand, because that's the difference. That's the thing right there. Usually they make it lightsaber combat. Yes, it's fatal and it's super dangerous and it's weird that Jedi do it. But you're only allowed to do it against not, uh, uh, opponents who aren't defenseless, have evil intent, are coming after you. <laughs> the Force has a standard ground clause. It does. But it doesn't apply that clause to if you want to shoot rocks at someone or something. It's weird. It is. It's fucking weird. And then we get to the classes, which I'm going to say in this game are also a little weird. They're not... I was expecting a different set. They're not terrible uh, design-wise. Uh, or I'm sorry. They're not terrible organization-wise. Design-wise, they are quite terrible. Oh, yeah. Because you get rid of essentially everything that is even remotely magical unless you are a Jedi, mm -hmm. everyone who doesn't have Force powers feels so fucking boring well yeah because they also didn't add any like extraordinary abilities or supernatural abilities nothing like that there's not a lot of characters who have like oh you know once per day a, a gambler can can automatically win a role or, or or command the attention of a table or something instead it's just like you get the skill focus gambling yeah you get a plus one d6 to gamble checks almost every single one of these classes is like oh what are your features at this level, I get plus one to a skill, and then I'll get plus three to it when I get two more levels. You're like, I don't give a fuck. This is boring as hell. Yeah. Like, as much as the old, like, 3.x fighter in D&D &D was boring, these are so much more boring. Yeah, at least the 3.x fighter got feats, several of which felt like supernatural-type abilities. A lot of these guys get bonus feats, but their lists that they get from or get, uh, choose from are tiny, and they're almost always skill focuses. Yeah. Or things that are similar to skill focuses. So we start with the Fringer. Uh, the Fringer, as far as I can tell, is anyone from Tatooine, uh, based on the example list. Yeah, the Fringer is, I mean, you'd also say anyone from Jakku if this had come out late enough, yeah. because it's just, what are you? You're from a backwater, and you know how to jury rig things. Yeah, it's just amusing to me that they didn't even bother trying to come up with another backwater. The three examples are Anakin, Luke, Biggs Darklighter. That's it. They're just Tatooine guys. Huh? Uh, and all you get is you can barter kind of okay. Mm -hmm. Your big thing is you get a bunch of bonuses to jury rigging mm -hmm. and survival. Yeah. So you're like, oh, you can survive in harsh terrain and you can jury rig, which means you're better at repairing as long as it doesn't last. Yeah. So it's like getting a bonus to a skill sometimes. So in this game, no one has a D4 hit die. The minimum is D6. Yeah, we cut off the D4 and the D12. Yes, and also uh, a lot more people have more than four skill points. There's only a couple that get the four. Most of them get six, and a couple get eight yeah. per level. Uh, so Fringer, I think, is one of the sixes. Mm -hmm. So they're very middle of the road. I think they have a D8 hit point and or yeah, and a D, a D or a six skill progression, and they are very boring because all they get is skill bonuses to things like jury rigging and stuff. We also. I mean, on the whole, making everyone just much more boring, we also cut off the bad base attack bonus progression. Oh, yeah, so the old gone. wizard progression is gone. Everyone either has the cleric, the one. cleric one or the fighter one. Yes. So and the all... fighter one is only for two classes. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, everyone has the same base attack bonus progression. 
usually uh, you'll have a good save, a standard save, and a bad save. Mm-hmm. Some classes manage to get like too good and a bad or something like that. But yeah, so the next class is I, I, this is probably the one I like the least. It's the noble. Uh, noble. Oh, really? I like noble the best. Are you kidding me? I mean, it has things to do. No, no, no. I mean. Okay, let's get this straight. Yes, the Noble is actually a very well-designed class that gets to do things. It should not be called the Noble. No. It should be called the Diplomat or something. Noble is a thing you you don't choose to be a Noble or not. You know, like, it, it, I know why they called it that, because the examples are like Princess Leia, Darth Sidious. It, before, Padme Amidala. Padme Amidala. People who are royalty. And you're like, yeah, but I... Shouldn't but then it also puts Jabba the Hutt in there. He is technically Hutt royalty. Eh, he is. He, eh. His name's Jabba Desilogic Tiure because he's the head of the Desilogic clan. He is the closest thing that they have to royalty. Whatever, I'm the head of my clan. I ain't royalty. <laughs> I mean, I, I when I first read it, I was like, no, fuck you. Take that back. That's not right. Because I was like, what the hell's Jabba doing there? But it does make sense. It, it Well, the- it makes sense for the mechanics of it because yeah. noble is just the class that is i can call in favors mm-hmm. i can get money i can have airdrops brought to me yeah i i you know depending on how far you go into it you can inspire people mm-hmm. i would have preferred this to have been called like counselor or diplomat or leader or something calling it noble implies that everyone's going to be like a duke or better and I, I just it just doesn't sit right with me but it is a well-designed class yeah because it's one of the only ones that has a thing that isn't just, all right, you get a bonus to whatever skills you have. Yeah. This one, you can call in favors, so you have to roll for uh, a DC to try and, you know, depending on whatever it gets set at for how big a favor it is, you can try and call in favors from people, but you can't call in, like, the same dude for favors multiple times in an adventure. Yeah, because they get burned out on helping you. Yeah, um, it's it's well designed and it's great for building in your way towards things like officer or leader from the prestige class list, which we'll barely mention later on. Um, it is also when I first started. note this game's got pretty solid art, but this is when I first started noticing that uh, whoever the artist was, was like, you know, those pants that Han Solo wore, the blue ones with the red stripe. Those are just Star Wars, right? We'll just give those to everybody. That's just Star Wars pants. Those are Star Wars pants. They have a stripe. Maybe sometimes it's yellow, but everyone has that stripe. You go down to the Star Wars H&M, you pick yourself up some of them pants. Yeah. After this is the Scoundrel, which is this game's rogue. Obviously, it's going to be your Han and Lando. It's a, it's so unfortunate because they took Sneak Attack away from the rogue and went, we're going to put this in a prestige class. Yeah, so and I was like, God damn it. It's like one of the few things you could have left in here that isn't a magical ability and you decided to gatekeep it. Yeah, it's a weird choice. I don't know why they'd bother doing that. And it's gatekept behind Bounty Hunter. And I'm like, so I can't even get sneak attack if I'm not a bounty hunter? That's yeah. weird. You'd think you'd have like an assassin or a Jedi shadow or something like that that could also do it. Uh, the only things they really get are a uh, an ability. To, I think it's just a, a competence bonus to diplomacy checks to barter for things. Yeah, they're good at barter. They do get a reroll up to four times per day at 18th level and a slight precision bonus to to uh to ranged attacks with like small guns and stuff i think uh, dex- uh dexterity based attacks which means if you had weapon finesse you could apply it to a weapon a melee weapon attack as well and then it's just bonus feats that's all yep. that's that's the class it sucks uh then you get the scout 
Uh, this is the one where I started getting really mad about the examples. Well, yeah, because Scout in this is supposed to be Wilderness Scout. It's a wilderness guide. It's someone who knows everything about the wilderness and is comfortable out there exploring and, tell- and getting you your tracks and setting your bearings and, and setting and knowing about traps. And then the actual examples are just... Did you have a wacky alien sidekick for a cup or any alien sidekick at all for even a second in any of your adventures? They're a scout. Yeah. It lists. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chewbacca as a scout, and I was like, famously the one character that fell for a trap in the wilderness. He fell Chewbacca. for the, the stupidest trap in the wilderness that was ever set in Star Wars. And not only that, literally the picture below example Chewbacca is Chewbacca, Han, and Luke in the trap. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you... How do you put these two right next to each other and go, yeah, that makes sense. How did you make that decision? What part of Chewbacca suggested to you that he was a scout? Is it just because he's a Bigfoot with a bow and arrow? It's not good enough. He is a hyperspace engineer. Get, put some respect on his fucking name. Yeah, my man's got an engineering degree. Maybe he's not the wilderness scout just because he's furry. Yeah, or because he's an alien. Because here's the thing. The other two examples are Wicket and Jar Jar. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, Jar Jar is also not a wilderness scout. No. He knows the planet because he knows that planet. But if you took him anywhere else, he'd be like, oh, what the fuck is this? Yeah, we saw what happens when you take him to another planet. He steals frogs that are for sale and gets his fucking tongue stuck in a in an energy weapon and shit. He's an idiot. He's not a wilderness scout. No, or a scout but of in, any kind. But in this, ooh, he's going to be able to trailblaze and get you places faster. And he's got... Baby, he's got heart. <laughs> like I, I'm, th- I was thinking about this. Like, if what, what levels were I? Would I give Jar Jar? What, what Jar Jar levels should there be? He's a noble, is what he should be because he becomes a fucking senator. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to go, I don't know, he gets a couple levels of fringer and then levels of noble. Yeah, that's pretty much the best thing you could do for Jar Jar. But, but it just makes me mad that they were like, I don't know, wilderness scouts are fucking the aliens that are in the parties. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, Wicket at least sort of makes sense. Sure, I guess. Although, really. He's only a scout because he's a guy from a forest planet. I don't think he'd make a very good scout in Tatooine, for example. I would be more inclined to call him a soldier. (laughs) Okay, yeah, and yeah, they get uh, a bonuses to Trailblaze, which is just like an ability to go out and make maps. They get some bonus feats, and they have a lot of self-confidence. They got heart, baby. Which gives them a circumstance bonus to... I don't even know what. A bonus to any skill check, ability roll, or attack roll. Once per day, up to plus four at 18th level. Oh boy, a once per day bonus of up to plus four at 18th. Boy, what a wonderful thing that I'm using my class levels to get. Yeah, then there's also what is this extreme effort where they can push themselves to make uh, go above and beyond where they can get another circumstance bonus to something that they need in exchange for a penalty to defense. Yeah, and it's just strength checks or skill checks or a melee attack yeah. you can get a bonus to that because you're like oh i'm gonna rage out because all we could think about was chewbacca when it came to this for some reason yeah uh the soldier the soldier is the fighter with yet more bonus feats tacked on to the beginning we can move on yeah it's it's just what are you you're the fighter 
Good job. You did it. They have a bunch more feats, though. They start with a starting feat package that's like a bunch of feats, and then they get bonus feats at second, third, and fourth level before finally starting to go to every other level like regular fighters would have. I mean, the only thing of they have more starting feats is because this game split weapons up into so many things Yes, that instead of saying you have like martial and simple weapons like D&D would do, they're like, oh no, you have to have proficiency in blaster pistols, blaster rifles, heavy weapons, simple weapons, vibro weapons, slug throwers. It just goes on. Yeah. And then light armor proficiency, which this is the first person and only person that will have armor proficiency so far. Yes. Because... This game has a defense stat instead of armor class, Mm -hmm. and every uh, class gets defense bonuses that go up as you level up. Yes. uh, Because armor in this game does not add to your defense, it just is flat damage reduction, Mm -hmm. uh, which is very good considering damage is high, but no one can wear it, so Jesus... (laughs) There's two classes that can, and some of the prestige classes, and that's it. Yeah. The next one is the one they added to this edition of the game. I don't have the edition before this. This is the revised. And that is the tech specialist, which is supposed to be the person who, you know, builds equipment and jury rigs and maintains equipment. Granted, this is the second class that has a jury rigging ability. Uh, Their examples irritated me here. Some of them are good, but one of them is Watto. And I'm like, yeah, Watto... He's not a tech expert. He's a junk collector. Yeah. He's he not is. out there fixing that shit. That's he is why, a merchant. That's why he has Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess way to remember that he was near some machines at some point. Yeah. These guys suck. They're bad. They're one of the worst because they are, they're literally just all of our abilities are get a bonus to a skill and they have the least skill points. They're tied for the least skill points in the game. Oh, it's so weird. They that get you're the four. Like, you're like, why would you give them the four? They're a tech monkey. Their whole thing should be skills. There are a billion knowledge skills in this version of the game. How are they supposed to get them? Meh. I mean, it's weird because you're like, oh, all of their abilities leveling up are, oh, you're going to get a bunch of skill emphasis and you're going to get tech specialties that'll give you bonuses to various, like, crafting or computer use or whatever you're gonna get so much extra stuff for your skills and you're gonna need it because you don't baseline have as many yes and i think this leads to one of the thing i think is the funniest in the whole game there are a million pictures from star wars in here just screenshots kind of awkwardly shoved in here and there most of them are just uncapped they don't they don't there's only one with a caption in the whole book that's one a, a still from star wars most of them are just like, I don't know, it's a page about combat. The Fire Spray 31 with Django Fett colors is on it. Oh, look, Darth Vader's holding his arm out. D- don't worry about it. It's got nothing to do with anything. On this page, there's a picture of Django Fett flying up on his jetpack, and the only caption in the whole game that just says, Django Fett's armor was modified by a tech specialist. Was it? <laughs> I mean, was probably. <laughs> You'd think it was built by a tech specialist in the first place, because that Mando armor is super complicated and, and special. I mean, you'd think it was just manufactured and not by a tech specialist, but just manufactured. Well, I mean, every Mando suit is is supposed to be bespoke and unique, but that's something we learned from Mando, not something we learned from the Clone Wars stuff. So exactly, but it is it's wild to me that they have that bo- the page there, and because this is the only class they add, they're like, ah, we better justify that picture. Uh, a tech specialist worked on his armor. He's not a tech specialist. Django Fett's not stupid enough to take that no, garbage class for he's NPCs. He's a fucking soldier. Yeah. <laughs> And now we finally get into the Force users. Yep. 
Now, the way that force works in this is you have, if you pick one of the force classes, so force adept or Jedi counselor or guardian. Yes. Then you will start with the force sensitive feat. And that is the feat that then allows you to gain the feats that then allow you to gain the access to force skills. Yes. And there are three force trainings, which are just feats that you can get that unlock a selection of skills. So once you are force sensitive, then you can get either alter control or sense as the three categories. Mm -hmm. And of course the, uh, the force adept and the Jedi's will unlock one of these every couple levels. Yeah. So at first level, you'll get force sensitive and then one of the three. And then as you go up, by the time you hit like fourth level, you have all three of them. That's yeah, exactly. But if you wanted to, because all of these are just feats, if you were like, no, I just spend a whole bunch of my bonus feats or whatever on getting force sensitive and then getting the control feat, and then I can spend my mm -hmm. skill points on it. You don't have to be one of the force using classes to get force powers. Yes. You can start building towards a Jedi from one of the other classes. And in fact, if you're playing in the Rebellion era, it's the only way to be a Jedi. Because you have to start as something, find a master, and begin training. You need to take the Force-sensitive feat, or, or whatever it's called, and then when you multi-class, now you're allowed to multi-class into Jedi Knight or whatever. Yeah. Or, if you really want to just be like, nope, I'm a soldier, but I just spent points on this, you can go, great, I'm a soldier, I put two feats into getting force sensitive and control. And now I also just have the control skills open to me and I can put some points in that. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of ways to get to force power. Yeah. There are three classes. The first one is force adept. And this is someone who comes to the force naturally or from a tradition that exists outside of the Jedi Sith dichotomy. The examples are Tenennial Dio from uh, the, the courtship stuff. Roker Gepta, which is wild. You'd think they'd probably try and come up with another good guy, but... Here nope. we are. Or uh, just the Gen Sarai in general, because none of them ever got any good names. Yeah. Now, the Force Adept is a little bit different, because the Jedi Counselor and Guardian are very similar with some swaps out in various places. And one of them is just better than the other one. Uh, the Adept, the, the Force Adept, though, you get some weird little things so you can make yourself like a force talisman so you can get bonuses to saving throws. Yeah, you basically can build stuff. Like you get uh you can make a little secret that's a talisman, you can build yourself like a like a, a fetish you carry that you can hit use to expand your force abilities. And because only the Jedi ones get baseline uh proficiency in lightsabers as a non-Jedi force user, they can imbue a weapon with force. So basically they can just pick up like a regular sword or a staff or something imbue it with the force and then it does extra damage and is better so you can kind of approximate what you would get from having a lightsaber yeah which is interesting to me because i can think of no example of that ever having happened in any of the three cannons they use it's weird especially given a number of times that they just used uh cannon stuff to force choices onto the characters that you play as. It's wild to me when they add new shit that's either just for balancing purposes or just because they think it makes sense. Yeah. 
Like, for example, Tananiel Dio has a fucking lightsaber. Roker Gepta never picked up a weapon in his life. <laughs> and uh, the Gen Sarai have lightsabers. Yeah. Uh, so it's weird to me that they didn't just give them lightsabers and say, like, if you don't want lightsabers, you can have a non-union equivalent. But no, they're just like, hey, you can pick up a shitty weapon. And by the time you reach 13th level, it will be as good as a base lightsaber but at 13th level a jedi is going to have bonus damage to their lightsaber so it won't matter anyway yeah they also get a bunch of bonus feats that have to be selected basically from the jedi feat listing uh and then you move on to the the consular and the consular is what it says in the mmo it's uh it's the one who isn't the combat specialist but is the support specialist the 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 uh understanding the other diplomat people, the diplomat but they also work in the uh the, the tracking and so on they basically just it's fighter Jedi and everything else Jedi. Because the both the Jedi Consular and the Jedi Guardian have mostly the same baseline ability. So yes. both of them are going to get the ability to uh, deflect attacks with a lightsaber. You're going to get the ability to try to redirect a an attack that you deflect mm-hmm. with a lightsaber. Uh, you're going to get extra damage with your lightsaber and these will increase as you go up and get better uh the jedi guardian will get those bonuses faster and at a higher peak yes what you're trading off for that and again the jedi guardian has the fighter base attack progression whereas the consular has the cleric one Uh uh-huh so that's a big trade-off and I think it's, is it less skill points? Is that the only thing? Yeah, the big thing is your skill points are less, but the other thing is your class skills are different. And the Jedi Guardian get, their big problem is their class skill list is shit. Yes. You, you lose out on all of the good ones. You do not have spot, listen, sense motive, move silently (laughs) anything that you would want to you can't gather information all of the stuff that you would be like ah useful skills no instead you're supposed to pump them all into the four skills yeah because they're just like oh what do you get uh balance climb yeah intimidate i mean jump you're a physical guy Yeah, like regarding losing the access to things like spot and search force sense is the same fucking thing it's just better I mean, I think you might have to spend some vitality points for aspects of it, but... Well, Force Sense just gives you a bonus, which means you're bad at it, but oh, you can yeah. make yourself you're better. Bad with a bonus, yeah. Yeah. So, bad. if you want to be someone that is slightly more skilled, like, oh, I want someone that has, like, diplomacy as a skill they can do, or gather information or sense motive i want to be a jedi that actually interacts with people and isn't just a murder machine Mm. yeah that's fine you can go with the consular and it's not terrible like you're missing out on a bunch of stuff as far as being more of a murder man still better than all the other classes though yeah but it's it's still (laughs) it's the difference between like oh i picked sorcerer instead of wizard and i'm slightly worse than a wizard then again i am also a caster so it doesn't matter yeah you could also potentially fix this problem that that uh, a, a Jedi Guardian has very few skills that are relevant and has to take them all at cross class and doesn't get a skill listing by multiclassing. But then the book tries to stop, tries to catch you for that, and is like, "Hey, if you're a Jedi Guardian or any Jedi at all, and you multiclass away from that shit before level seven, you're done, bitch. You can't come back. Yeah, you you, you walked away. Out. 
you you got kicked out. And and not only does it say that, but it goes on to say like if you're below level seven, you have to go give your lightsaber back to your old master. And I'm like, dude, I I left. What do you think I'm gonna be like? Oh, it's time for me to run away from the Jedi school. But before I go, I should really give this lightsaber back. Like, Fuck you, buddy. This is a great example of an or what kind of rule. Because it doesn't have any kind of penalty that's appropriated for it. It literally just says, you must return your lightsaber to your old master. Which it activates the defiant streak in me. I don't know if it does in everybody else too. But as soon as I see that, I'm like, or what? Oh. Or does the DM just force me to do it? Does my character do it outside of my control? What if my master's dead? What if he doesn't want the lightsaber? What if he says, keep it? Hmm. What, what do you, you got to have some kind of enforcement to this or a reason why it would happen or it just won't. Also, the one instance I can think of where this happened was the Corrin Horn where he went to the Academy and then went, actually, you know what? Fuck this place. And then kept his lightsaber. Yes. <laughs> he was like, oh, wait, no, fuck this place. And also, I don't care. This is my lightsaber. I guess the idea is supposed to be that up until level seven, you've got a loner saber. You got so you, your master's old lightsaber or well, something. Level, level seven is you become, in this. You become a Jedi Knight. Yes. So you get an extra, regardless of what things you have. It's basically as long as you have seven levels of Force user, you'll get a Knight feat. That is a whole selection of Knight feats for the Jedi. Can I tell you? Even besides setting a, uh, setting a, my defiant streak off, the, the other reason that this bothers me. I hate it when class levels are sectioned measurable things in the game world. Hmm. How the fuck does the, does the Jedi Master know I have six levels and not seven in Jedi? Oh. Does he does he know we're in a game? Does he know that there are exactly 20 levels of Jedi available? Yeah, well, if you hit seven, that's the point where everyone knows, oh, you've had enough practice and you're you're ready now because you're good enough. That's the benchmark. Yeah, it's wild. It's just I hate that kind of shit. The same thing, by way, by the way, that where it says that if you want to play as a Jedi during the rebellion or the rebellion era, you absolutely can't start as one. You have to take a level in something else and then find a master, and then you can be a Jedi. You have to do yeah. the Luke path. Because you cannot do you, anything else. You have no other choices. It's like the Emperor controls the whole fucking galaxy, and there's no way you get around it. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. He controls the mid rim and parts of the outer rim. There's there's all kinds. Of, what about Cam Solusar? You mentioned him earlier. He was trained. <laughs> <We> by... <laughs> He was trained by his dad, who was an escaped Jedi Knight, so he started with the one level in Jedi. Like, there's examples. Why would you add this blanket rule when it's so easy to come up with an exception? Eh. Fucking third edition, fucking D&D people. Ah. All right, there's a whole bunch of skills and feats. Yeah. We're really, we're, we've been talking for like an hour already. I mean, the thing is, outside of the Jedi skills... Uh, the skills are the same skills. Like they didn't outside of like computer use and astrogation and yeah. shit like that. It's all the same thing. And even then you're like, Oh, what is computer use? It's, it's basically just use item, but now it's use computer. Who cares? Yeah, they, occasionally they'll switch out a word for a star Wars word in the description of the skill. And that's about it. If you take like acrobatics or something, like, you're as nimble as a Kowakian lizard monkey, you know, that kind of stuff, but it's still the OGL. Yeah. Now I do want to say, one of the side effects of this game getting rid of spells. Yeah, I know what you're going for here. Is that saves don't fucking matter anymore. If I've got a whiz, a, like a like wisdom save or a uh, fortitude, a fortitude save or yeah, whatever. Fortitude, will, and and reflex. Yeah, my will save almost doesn't matter unless I meet a Jedi. Yes, because they're the only ones that will force a will save on me. Yeah. Uh, 
And I'm the, looking at the monsters right now, and none of them do anything. That the is- deck save is only if someone threw a grenade at me. Uh-huh. And the fort save is only if something happened to be poisonous. Uh, poisonous. Or, yeah, that, and that's all they do. And there's another side effect of having cut out all the spells in the game that we, I think, mentioned early on, but it's very important to really go into. This is one of those OGL games that was like, oh, let's not change the balance of anything and then take healing out and just see what that does. Well, yeah. And... I mean, we mentioned there are just two powers that Jedi can get of heal self and heal another. Yeah. All Jedi skills cost vitality to use, so you gotta, you know, cut yourself in order to do any of these things. Mm Mm-hmm. And healing another, the general thing, if you manage to get decently, it's gonna cost you two vitality to heal a D6 plus two. Yes. And that is bad <laughs> like <laughs> sure you're gonna have guaranteed at least more out than you lost so it's a net gain overall the heal self though is one of those ones where you're like oh for sure everyone has this because it doesn't cost vitality to regain your vitality yeah you only get to use it once a day but you just sort of get to freely go oh, i guess i'll get a couple fucking vitality points back yeah. That's fine. There's another thing. I, as long as we're down into the, the grievances, there's another one I really wanted to talk about, which is one of the feats, the the C-Force feat. Oh, C-Force is a skill. As, oh, it's a skill? I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a wisdom skill. You're absolutely right. Um, so it has a cost. It's an activated ability. It does not have a passive function, so it's not like perception or or, or uh, stealth or whatever passives you, you'd like to apply to yourself, right? And in fact, to turn it on, you get a one-use activation out of it, and that costs you three of your vitality points. And it is a full round action. you got to sit there and just focus on looking at the Force. Now, what does this do? It lets you sense other Force users or Force disturbances within a range. Uh, the range is surprisingly large. It's 100 meters in, in all directions. Uh, times the Force user level. Times the Force user level. So whoever you are detecting. So if they're a level 20, then great. You've got whatever... To 20,000? Well, it's 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 whoever's doing, it's, meters. It's, it's who's doing the detecting. So if you're level 20, then it, you get two kilometers out of it. No, it's the force user you're detecting, because it's how powerful they are. No, because I'm looking at it right here, and it says, uh, in your sphere of influence, which is 100 meters times your force user level. A specific target within your sphere of influence? Uh-huh. Oh, man. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah, no, like I said. I thought it was like, oh, it's reason. easier to detect people who are more powerful than the Force. There's a reason I had a bone to pick with this. Man, I already didn't like this, and now I like it worse. Well, it's got an example that I find particularly egregious, and I'll tell you why, and here's here's what it is. It, it goes through this whole thing about this is how you spot other Jedi or people messing with the Force or Force disturbances at a range, right? That's the whole point of the skill. Uh, there is an example for it to explain why you might want to take this, and the example is, uh, this is the way Darth Vader uh, was able to sense Obi-Wan Kenobi on the Death Star in A New Hope. And all I could think is, the hell it is! It's an active skill. Was he just sitting there sensing the Force to see if he could find anything? Wouldn't he eventually run out of vitality? Wouldn't people notice he's just standing there? And... It, even if we assume that Anakin lost his kid levels of Fringer that it says he has in this book and is just a fucking level 20 Jedi, which would make sense, that gives him a two kilometer range. The Death Star is 160 kilometers across. Hey, man, 
Maybe. I guess all the good parts are right in the middle there, though. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. The DC to find someone oh, okay. is lowered by their level. So it's easier to detect someone if they're powerful. Which pretty much means he had even money, because there's no way that Vader is higher level than Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> but even then, there's another skill, which is just force stealth, which is I want to actively try and hide from this. Yeah. Which I don't think Obi-Wan was using. I think he didn't, number one, probably didn't know Vader was there. Or number two, new one was like, great, this is my chance to get lightsabered. I'm ready to be a ghost. I'm sick of Tatooine. <laughs> oh, man, I've been around this annoying asshole for like two hours and I am done. No, like that's just like he spent his whole fucking adult life watching Anakin or sorry, uh, Luke from a distance. And now that Luke's left Tatooine, he's like, great, my one remaining job was done. Huh? I'm going to die by force ghost the way I meant to the whole time. Uh so uh so yeah that I just that just bothered me immensely for them to be like this is you know they just toss that in even though a lot of these skills don't even have examples to be like this is how Vader found Obi-Wan and I'm like yeah make it make sense. <laughs> Bill it, you 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 uh wrote the technical manuals for Star Wars West End games you know how big the Death Star was. I mean the thing is there's already a uh, Jedi skill that is basically precognition. Yeah. And it says in there, oh, the DM might just give you visions or let you sense things. They and I'm like, done that. that's what it was. Yeah. When someone was flying in and Vader's like, hmm, there's something about that transport. You're like, yeah, that was that. It wasn't his force sense going on. There should have been, it, it, there should be two ways to do it. The other one is that this uh, C force ability should be passive. Should be. It and should isn't. Be, it should just be always on because. You always see the characters in Star Wars walking around and then suddenly going, wait, I felt a disturbance. Yep. No one's ever like walking around then going, wait a minute. Let me check for disturbances. Nope, no one ever does good. that. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's just it's just stupid. One of the ones that is a feat that I was like, wait a minute, does this make sense? Was the burst of speed feat. Oh, yeah. Because the whole thing is like, ooh, when you use this. Uh, your jump distance is increased by five. Your speed is 10 times faster. You are blazing. However, it is, <laughs> you increase the speed for one round and it is a full round action to do. Ah. And I was, I just kept looking at it going like, you know, rules is written. Does that mean I just use it and nothing happens? And then next <laughs> turn comes around. And I go, well, oops. I forget how many rounds are in a full round act. I guess full round action is one round. It's just that you're doing everything for the round. But that means you just stand there and don't defend yourself to get re while you're doing your sonic speedball charge. Yeah. And it's but the increase to your speed lasts for one round. Yeah. And it which takes means a full round action. So it means you have to activate it and then get it the next round. But it doesn't even say it works that way. I know because I was like rules is written. I think because it lasts for one round you activate it and then it's gone by the time your next turn shows up. So yeah. you just didn't do anything. Or either that or it, it is a full round action that lasts one round, but that full round action is you moving really fast. That would make sense, I guess. You Except can't do it anything doesn't else. say that. Yeah. The full round action is to activate it. There is force mastery, which lets you turn a full round action into an attack action as mm. a force ability. Right. So you're like, ooh, maybe I can make this <laughs> feat I got do something if I take another feat. <laughs> so... I don't know. I mean, we've been talking a long time. There are a couple of prestige classes buried in the way back. Most of them, they fall into the either one of the two traps of OGL feats or, or prestige classes. One of them, those two traps is just skills. It's just like, oh, you get a plus one, then a plus three, then a plus five to whatever skill might be relevant to this prestige class. And then at the other levels, you get skill focuses to this prestige class. And then there's a capstone at level 10 that might be something interesting, but isn't. I mean, some of them 
are just like we flavored the base class. Like Crime Lord is literally, hey, we took Noble and made it bad guy. Yes, yeah, some of them are just bad guy, and then and the rest- like Dark Side Devotee and Dark Side Marauder are literally. We took the Jedi Consular and the Jedi Guardian and turned them bad guy. Yes. And then the last ones out of that, so I guess there are three types, you're right. The third type is just, you would be a fucking fool not to take this. It's the base class, but better. Yeah. There are a few Jedi ones in here, and there's only one that matters, because you could take Jedi Ace. It's only five levels, and it's for the, oh, I want it to be the Anakin or the Luke who's just great at piloting for some reason. You Take your pick, yeah. And... It's bad. It's just sort of not good. Yeah, it's just a couple of small bonuses. You would have been better off being an, a, a pilot in the first place. You can get Jedi Investigator, which is five levels, which is basically just I wanted to be a Jedi Consular, but also gain contacts because yeah. that's all you get out of it. It's a pretty it's flavorful. That's like that's like what I assume that Darth Tyrannus was before he just went to being Dooku when he was still just Dooku, the the the, the young Jedi wandering around discovering secrets and so on. A rogue inquisitor kind of thing. I mean, I assume it's whatever his nuts was from the uh, Coruscant Knights. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's no way they've ever heard of that guy. The other example I would think of is Qui-Gon Jinn, given that they they were sending him out to, like, do little murder mystery parlor adventures at the start of of Phantom Menace. Like, solve the mystery of the trade negotiations. Yeah. But then the last one is just Jedi Master, which takes all of the good things from Consular and all of the good things from Guardian and lets you do both of them at the same time. Yes. And it's a 10-level thing, so you at best jump in there the second you can, I which is 7th. 7th level, yeah. You can, do, you can get into it at 7th level, and there's literally no downside. It is just way better than either of those other two classes. Yeah, from 8th level on, just be a Jedi Master, because it's you get the Guardian base attack uh, mm-hmm. progression, but you also get the Consular's skill class skills and all of your increased in damage and your increase to defense and everything is the same as the guardian you're just like hey man i'm better i'm just better than anyone is yeah it's uh it's kind of sad that they would bother then there is a surprisingly robust vehicle system which i will not go into hey if you want to get into a starfighter and fight a guy you can yeah do you want to get into a big capital ship and shoot at a guy Eh, you Kind of can't. You can. I mean, you can be, be on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what they suggest you play it as anyway. Like, if you should be, oh, be a, fal- a Falcon pilot and then have your guys man the guns. There's all this stuff about arcs of fire and turn radiuses and cool moves you can do and so on. Most of it's a spiral towards zero because it's just an ever-increasing amount of skill checks you have to make to accomplish anything. So if you get damaged, all your skill checks get worse. And oh, no, you're getting closer and closer to dying. Yeah. Uh, then there is a big section on, on playing the game in each of those three time periods. Mm-hmm. That's fine. We've gone over it. If you're listening to us before, you already know enough about all three of those periods of Star Wars to choke a horse. Yeah. It takes surprisingly little to choke a horse. <laughs> if you want to choke a horse, you come here yeah. where we beat a dead one that uh-huh. we've already choked. <laughs> the prestige classes, which we already went over the equipment list. And then it rounds it out with some monsters. Uh, the monsters are amusing because they're like, yeah, battle droids. Battle droids fucking suck. They're dumb idiots. That's what the Trade Federation had. But if you wanted to pay three times as much, you could have okay ones. Hmm. <laughs> I do like looking at one of my favorite things is just going through and looking at the example characters and seeing what levels they gave oh, them. Is, yeah, I skipped right over that. So I you're didn't... like, ooh, Boba Fett, what are you? Six levels of soldier, one level of scoundrel, six levels of bounty hunter. That is not possible. <laughs> he cheated. That 
is cheating. <laughs> He's also kind of surprisingly low level for like the most heroic bounty or the uh, famous bounty hunter in the galaxy. Oh, yeah. I but, mean, you know, cinematically, he lads right up. All he ever does is hide in garbage and get knocked into a hole. Yeah, I think the highest level guy you can get in here is the leader of the Yuzhan Vong, who ends up being level 18. Oh, really? He's a soldier eight, noble four, officer six. Okay. Do they do like Sidious and so on? Do we have a Palpy in here? Uh, I don't know that we get, I know we get Dooku. I skipped to the monsters because I was more interested in seeing if they added anything that wasn't like known. Oh, there we go. We do. So, uh, Palpatine in the, uh, original trilogy is a noble four dark side devotee six Sith Lord 10. Hmm. Okay. Well, that is 20 levels. Yep. So he's all maxed out. He's a level 20. I wonder if by the time of the rebellion, they're like, we're just going to take this noble out and give him more Jedi. But yeah, the monster list is pretty much what you'd expect. You, this, it confirms that this came after Attack of the Clones because it's got the 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 Reek and the Acklay and the Nexu cat, uh, but also Tauntauns, Rancors, Banthas, you name it. Notably, Bull Charge in this game was renamed Bantha Charge, which is silly. Good job. You renamed one thing to be more flavorful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, massifs, which are a, ter- a type of space dog. You got a whole list of them. Dianogas. Uh, and I-, I think it's notable that the, uh, the the one thing that made me mad was Rancor in this is this dumb, stupid, carna- uh, uh, carnivorous, monstrous, raging animal. And I'm like, dude, you mentioned the Dathomir Force, which is like 16 times. How did you forget that that book had a Rancor civilization in it? Yeah, but it's only there. If you're a Rancor on any other planet, then you're away from civilization and you just go feral. Then mention it's there. That's nah. all I'm asking. Nah. Yeah. Well. That's too much. A casual reader is going to go, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> if someone's like, a casual reader's going to be like, who the fuck is Roker Gepta? <laughs> it was me. I was Roker Gepta the whole time. <laughs> and now you will suffer as no one else has. It's wild to me that Roker Gepta got a name drop in here, but Mara Jade didn't. Uh, we do get stats for Mara Jade. Oh, she gets a stat block? That's good. I was looking for her under all kinds of the classes, being like, well, she's kind of a Jedi Guardian. She's kind of a dark side devotee. <laughs> what is she specifically? Not mentioned. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But she I, gets a stat block. That's yeah, good. Yeah, she does get a stat block in here. She is a scoundrel Jedi Guardian. Okay. Six scoundrel, nine guardian. Uh. There you go. There's your Mara Jade. I guess that kind of adds up okay. If they hadn't made Scoundrel such a social class, like if they had kept in the backstabs and stuff, it would make more sense. But they stripped everything that makes rogues rogues out of there and just left the skills, and it's boring. Yep. So anyway, there you go. Uh, you want to get into your favorites and least favorites? Because we've been talking a very long time. Or are there more things you want to get into? No, that's fine. Okay. I, I'm I'm good. It's, right. you know, whatever. It's Star Wars OGL. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Sometimes you need to put an easy one in the pile. So sometimes you read an, an RPG and you're like, that's what I figured. But it's cool. I bought a really weird one yet a couple days ago. So we've got something coming up that's going to be pretty crazy. I don't we know, got stuff. I don't know when we're going to get to it, but it's it's wild. So uh, anyway, what's your favorite thing here? If I'm going to pick one thing in here that Anyone? I like the concept of, I do like splitting the vitality and wounds up. Damn, having the idea of, oh, you do have, like, your meat and then also, like, how proficient you currently are and how winded you are. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like that. And the penalties for taking wound damage isn't death spirally. The fact that it's just like, oh, you can't run or charge and you get a minus two to strength and dex is like, oh, that's minor. 
I don't need to worry about like, oh, I took wound damage and now I will die. <laughs> the reason you don't you don't usually need to worry about you took wound damage and now you will die is because you took wound damage and now you are dead. Yeah. It, the only reason it's not death spirally is because it isn't long enough of a track to make a loop in on itself. Oh, we didn't mention, but I guess that'll be my least favorite thing is mm. the damage in this game. We yeah. kept talking about it and then never mentioned it. That's <laughs> true. Uh, my favorite thing in this game will be the surprisingly robust starship system. They did a good job with it. Yeah, that is a huge section of this book. It reads well. It is far too complicated to actually play out a quick starfighter like light sa- like a X-Wing battle. There's just too many skill rolls you're making every five fucking seconds to do anything. But they did put a lot of thought into it. There's all this shit about being able to angle your shields and uh, uh, how ionization bolts work and all kinds of cool stuff that's neat that we don't have time to get into. But they did a great job, and I appreciate that. Yeah, given that it is such... Normally, I don't give a fuck about vehicle rules in an RPG because 90% of the time, that's not what this RPG is about, and yet you've dedicated so much space to it. Yeah. But... In Star Wars, having space battles is a lot of what this is about. So, yes, you did need that in there. Yeah, so that's my favorite. I can't really think of much else to say I genuinely appreciated about this. I've seen Star Wars done better. Uh, what's your least favorite thing? We already mentioned. Holy shit, the damage in this is ridiculous. A baseline, I'm just a dude with a blaster pistol. Yeah. Is going to be doing at least... I think the least damaging one is like 2d6. Mm-hmm. Baseline, if you're like, oh, I've got a heavy blaster or a rifle, you're looking at 3d8. Yes. A, <laughs> and that is a lot of damage to be coming in. At level one. At level one. Where, you, especially as we mentioned, that when you get crit, it goes straight to your wounds. If I didn't invest into con, if I'm like, I've got like a 10 con. All right, I shoot you with a rifle. I managed to crit. Hey, I got 10 on that. You're dead. Yeah. Just, just it. it. It gives a level of lethality and, to Star Wars yeah. that is weird. I mean, it makes sense if you are if you were playing as the mooks of Star Wars. Notably, for example, a lightsaber's base damage. And keep in mind that all of the Jedi classes just get a bonus to lightsaber damage as one of their class level ups every now and then. Uh, they all, the lightsabers start at 3d8. 2d8. Oh, 2d8, excuse me. It starts me. 2d8, but then I think the highest you can get as seven. a guardian slash master is, I think, 7d8. If you go 10 levels guardian, 10 levels master. Yeah, I mean, the other big difference with that is it's a melee weapon, so you do get to apply your strength bonus if you have one. And uh, you get Yeah, those- if you're a Wookiee guardian and you're like, you know what, fuck skills, I'm literally just a murder man, and you're like, Great, I'm going to go pump strength, rage, and absolutely crush a man's hopes and dreams. Mm. You can do nonsense damage, and it is every strike. And when you're looking at having a soldier base attack progression, you're like, all right, man, I'm going to swing on you like three, four times, and you are going to take so much more damage than you ever possibly should. Yeah, it's it's completely crazy. By level five is a Jedi Guardian. I think you already have two attacks and you get the bonus lightsaber damage. So now you're swinging for 68 damage with your strength bonuses. And if you're a Wookiee, it's even more. It's it's nonsense. Yeah, the the, uh, the the problem with the Doom Spiral is that there isn't one because there isn't enough room to be a spiral. You just die instead. Yeah. And keep in mind, we're talking about a game where of the nine classes you can play as, two of them can wear armor. <laughs> Yes, the armor is so hard to come by, and all it does is lower the incoming damage 
but not by a lot. The heaviest armor, which absolutely fucks all of your stats and makes it so you can't do anything, is at best minus seven to incoming damage. Yeah, and notably that is Stormtrooper armor. No. Oh, is Stormtrooper armor is minus five, but it gets rid of all the penalties. It's oh, okay. it's considered powered armor, uh, which again, I was like, what the fuck are you talking so, about? So what's the best? The heavy Jedi? The Mando? Uh... I mean, as far as damage reduction goes, it's just heavy battle armor. Okay, that makes sense. Especially heavy battle armor that has been worked on by a tech specialist. Especially that. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the damage in this is too much that you're like, at low, and it, because you keep getting more attacks and then bonuses to damage, it keeps up being lethal no matter what level of gameplay you are at. Because mm-hmm. normally you'd go like, oh, it does 3d8, but all right, I guess if I'm taking 3d8 at a low level, that'll instantly kill me. But if I'm level 12, that won't. You're like, yeah, but you're taking now 5d8 and also four times. Yeah. So, yeah, the damage in this is fucked. Yes. What is your least favorite thing? I'm going to have to, I hate to say it, because this dude's written a lot of the important history of Star Wars. The misunderstanding of Star Wars shit really bothered me in this. Oof, ouch. Every time they put like, they're like, oh, Chewbacca's a scout. I'm like, no, he isn't. He's a fucking engineer. He's an engineer (laughs) and a co-pilot. He is not a scout just because he's furry and looks kind of animalistic. That's some bullshit. Uh, every time they do something like that, I'm like, why would you do that? Why, why, why don't you just understand? The other thing I really didn't like and might actually be my thing is those or what type rules. Cause there's a lot of them where they're like, in order to enforce canon to play in the rebellion era. And I'm like, dude, why would you even try? You are aware of EU. You rolled, you wrote a lot of it. <laughs> you are aware that if you walk into a room, five people in there are hidden Jedis, even if there are only three people in the room. Just. Just own up to the fact that you're going to have a lot of people playing Jedi because they're going to be like, hey, I've got a fun story for why I am, and let them do it. You don't yeah. need to enforce the Luke rules. It is it is a weird thing that they were like, no, you are only allowed to come at this through the Luke path. I'm like, huh, strange that you would say that that was it. Yeah, I, didn't, right. I didn't care for that. Uh, I, I, I've seen people make arguments that, for example, that might be because it balances the game, but I'm like, it clearly doesn't because you don't have that same rule at either of the other two ends of the... Uh, of the play places you can play in and if the only expand uh, rule was was uh if you want to be a jedi knight you have to do something special and you're not allowed to stop being a jedi knight i'm like why would you want to stop it's the best class <laughs> well now yeah, there you have it that was my least favorite thing it's kind of a misunderstanding of star wars slash bald face stupid attempt to enforce that misunderstanding yep how about that there you go there you go would you play this I would not want to. There are so many options to play Star Wars or Star Wars alike games, and this is not one I would want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't particularly care for three point X rules in general, and this strips out a lot of things that at least propped that up, and now it's just bad. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I would not want to play this. One of my least favorite things you can do with an OGL game is take out healing and replace it with nothing. So I, I just hate when they do that. It's such, yeah, a, they, it's such a dumb <laughs> oversight. Except this, where they stripped out healing and replaced it with more damage. Yeah, it's wild. I hate it. So there you go. Maybe they added healing back in one of the mini source books. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know if I, I can't Probably I not, any. though. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, otherwise, hey, thank you so much for listening. Please go check out our Patreon, where we uh, will be making characters in this game. That's right. If mm-hmm. you want to find out what <laughs> dumb nonsense we did in this I will say 
We did not make level ones because Jesus, a level one OGL character, is the most boring possible thing you could do. Yep, we made so, level 12. Yeah, so no, at least we did put some effort into the characters here. We did. We tried. Uh, and that's going to be over at patreon.com slash system mastery, where for at the bare minimum $2 pledge, not only will you unlock that bonus content, but also ad free versions of all three of our main shows, which is a huge deal because ads suck. Yeah, you don't want to skip them. We don't want to make you skip them. So mm-hmm. here you go. You just, can just pay us and get rid of them. Yeah, just pay us instead of Monsanto or whatever the fuck. We're going to do, we're going to spend better things on the money. My corn is way better genetically engineered. <laughs> If you go into my backyard, my corn's singing. That's right. <laughs> Not well, but it is singing. It all sings Rebecca Black's Black Friday. Ah, <laughs> uh, but at least they harmonize. As far as do you harmonize in that song? I actually managed to dodge it. I have never heard it. No, they harmonize with the uh, the wheat because I also <laughs> oh. have wheat singing in the back. Oh, right. Yeah, we have some some uh, of our own system mastery brand of genetically modified wheat back there. Why Why don't you give us two dollars so we can add tomatoes to our roster? <laughs> Come on. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was filmed right here in San Diego, and it can be recreated again with your help. <laughs> Please, won't you help us? Uh-huh. There are other levels you can pledge at for other amazing bonuses, including all kinds of cool Discord upgrades and uh, extra bonus shows from all levels. And we would love it if you did that. That's patreon.com slash system mastery. Thank you so much for listening. And I don't know. May the force be with you, or have a good week, or I've been Elan Sleezbagano. <laughs> oh god, my wounds! I'm dying! Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com.